Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. This is Volunteer Appreciation Month, and we are so thankful for the amazing volunteers we have at Adventure Church. Today, Pastor CJ gives an encouraging message on the power of serving. Serving is not just a blessing to the one being served, but also to the one serving. God has given each one of us gifts for a special purpose and a special meaning. Isn't God good? We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. So praise the Lord. I am crazy, but praise the Lord. All right, let's jump in. Have you ever brought a gift before that, man, you specifically took your time in buying a gift? And uh, I, I'm getting ready to leave here in a moment. I got to do a wedding today. And by the way, Larry and Melissa are doing renewing their vows today at 1.30. I'm excited about that. So praise the Lord for that. I'm excited about that. But then right after that, I have to jump in the car and go down to the cities. It's my grandson's three-year birthday. And uh, he loves trucks and he loves cars and he loves little Hot Wheels. So Cheryl and I, this last weekend, we had an opportunity to go to uh, Rice Lake. And we wanted to buy that specific gift. What would be fun for Kyrie? What would be fun for Kyrie? He's three years old. We know he loves cars and trucks and so on and so forth. But we wanted to buy him something different. So we ended up buying him a, a Hot Wheels little like turnstile thing where you send the car down the chute and it, and it flies. And, and it, so we bought him this little thing and we we're all excited about it. And we're, we, we picked out and we looked at several different things. And finally, we just felt good in our heart. This is the right gift for him. And so now we're put it in a Superman bag, and we wrapped it all up with little things around it and stuff so it can be, you know, hidden so he can dig through the bag. And uh, so then we brought him some little cars, and it was kind of funny. My wife pulled two guys off from the side. Hey, do you know anything about this racetrack? Do you know these cars are the right cars or the wrong cars? And I'm sitting there, honey, what about me? Well, you don't know anything about mechanics. You don't know. So she's, so she's asking two other guys other than her husband. I thought, what's up with that? I don't know, man. But so, so anyway, we brought, him, we brought him this gift. And so we're excited about being able to take it to him and then putting it together at his house and have fun with him. But we brought that right gift. But have you ever got a gift from someone that made you happy and you were excited about the gift that someone got you? Isn't that, isn't that something that you got this gift from someone and it made you happy because it was that right perfect gift. But you know what? If you have your notes, you can see on there the blessings of a gift. You ever see that, the blessings of a gift? Number one, when you get a gift from somebody, number one, it makes the person who receives it feel loved and special. How many know what I'm talking about? When you receive the gift that someone's given to you and you know that they took their time when they gave it to you, it makes you feel loved and special and excited about what they did and that they took a lot of effort and energy and maybe even resources to buy you that specific gift that, hey, I'm special. I'm, hey, man, I, they must really love me. They must really like me. And so they got me that perfect gift. How many you know what I'm talking about, right? But also, this, you can share that gift with others. That's what I'm excited about. When I go to the Kyrie, I'm going to put the track together. And guess what? He's going to share it with me. Papa's going to get down there on the floor, and I'm going to let those cars fly. And, you know, I'm going to have fun with him. How many of you know that gifts are not just for you, but they're also for the benefit of others that you can share with others, right? Amen? That time you can get that gift and look at you got a gift in Helen, amen. Took him out Sunday after church last Sunday, and he wasn't the one that we closed up the establishment with. But anyways, we went out up, man, these guys sit together, look at his hearts flying all over. Him. I mean, pretty soon, pretty soon, Helen and Tom, you're gonna be like Aaron and Garrett. They're getting gay, they're engaged now, they're getting married, amen. Going to the chapel. 
couple and we're going to get married. Look at she's turning all red. Amen. I like it. Amen. I like it. And then you got Stephen back there, got engaged and got finally got over that cold feet and got engaged. And then I see his then I see Allie at Walmart and they're acting like they're in love at Walmart. I don't know what's going on around here. There must be something in the water, right? But now, Tom, you can share your gift with others. This is my woman. Mm. And he's proud. But, you know, look, another way is this. It makes others happy. When you get that gift, it makes others happy because why? You're happy, right? And so when I, when I give this gift to Kyrie, when Sharon and I give this gift to Kyrie, you know what's going to happen with Kyrie? He's going to light up like a Christmas tree, and we're going to get excited because we're going to see him get excited, right? Because gifts are contagious. They're, they're contagious, and they kind of splash over onto someone else and kind of splash onto you because, hey, I picked out that right gift, that perfect gift, and it made him happy, and now I'm happy. And it's just a big love fest because I got the right gift. But you know, in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, God talks about gifts. He talks about gifts. So how many know that God's in the business of giving gifts? He's in the business of giving gifts, not just in his son, Jesus. That was the ultimate gift. But it didn't stop there. God gives gifts every day. He gives his gift of mercy. He gives his gifts of love. He gives his gifts of forgiveness. He gives his gifts of acceptance. And man, maybe you felt rejected, but God accepts you. But every day, Val, God is in the business of giving gifts. But in Romans, Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, he's talking about giving gifts for you to utilize. That when he gives you a gift, Jan, it's to utilize that in which he gives you. How many of you don't use it? You what? You lose it? You ever heard that slogan before? But then he gives you a gift. And when he gives you a gift, he gives it to you specifically for a purpose and for a meaning and for reasons in which he gives it to you for. And so he goes on and says to this in verse 6. Now I can see this barely, so if I mess up, forgive me. He says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So we have different gifts According to the grace given to us. Who's that grace? According to what God has given to us. He says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith, in line with what God has given you. Not in your own flesh, not in your own spirit, not in your own mind, not in your own reasoning, but in accordance with the faith or the reasoning or the voice of the Lord. That I'm going to prophesy, thus saith the Lord. I'm going to do it in accordance with God and what God is putting in me, and now it's going to come out of me. And then it goes on to say, if it is serving, then serve. Now, part of you may say, well, Pastor, I, I, I don't like to serve. Well, how many of you got kids? Come on. How many of you know you got to serve your kids? How many of you are married? Amen. And how many know you got to pamper us men? Come on, ladies. Say amen. 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 And how many know, ladies, you got to let us men buy? Somebody say amen. Come on, men. We like to buy our new cars, right? right? And so in other words, we always are in the business of serving. Whether you like it or not, even realize that you are, that you have the gift of serving, you have to serve. 
Man, changing a diaper isn't fun, but you have to serve. And if you don't do it, you're going to have a mess on your hands. Amen? But then it goes on to say, if it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then encouragement. If it is given, then give generously. So in other words, it says this. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So in other words, what God is saying, God is distribute and giving gifts to the body the body of Christ. And each gift that God gives to the body of Christ has a purpose and a meaning. And without the gifts that God gives to us, the church will never function or be organized or come together. Can you imagine at the Tower of Babel? What happened at the Tower of Babel? Everybody was scattering and nothing, there was no unity, there was no oneness, there was no a cohesiveness, and they were all scattered. So therefore, what happened? That nothing got accomplished. But when everybody began to operate and walk and utilize the gift and the calling in which God places in you, there's no limit to what we can do. There's no limit to what the church can do. There's no limit to where we can go forward in the things that God has for us and what he wants us to do. You see, listen, each gift is given to you for a special purpose. So when God gave you a gift, he took his time and when he gave it to you. Think about this. God specifically looked down at you. And he says to you, Sue, man, I recognize who you are. I see your character. I see your personality. I see your spirit. I see who you are. So what God did, he saw not only who Sue is, but he tailored made or fashioned every gift that Susan has within her, even the gifts that she may not think is for her or is, is, is part of her. God gave her those gifts because God knows her best. And so what he did, he said, I take my time and I'm going to give you these gifts because I know you. And not only do I know you, but I'm going to give these gifts and I'm going to equip you to help what? To further the kingdom of God, to become part of the family. Have you ever read the, this part in Corinthians where it says, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, or the foot can't say to the, to the, to the uh, hand, I don't need you. In other words, we need every part of the body to function right? And it's the same way with the giftings. God gives us gifts that we can function together to utilize for the glory of God. So he says, listen, it has its purpose and a special meaning. So when God gave you a gift, he said, I'm giving you, Bob, this special gift for a special meaning. And so the gift that I'm giving you has a special purpose and a special meaning. Then the special meaning is this. I want you to be a servant. I want you, Pam, to do the work of the Lord. I want you maybe to be a teacher. I want you to be a prophesy. A prophesy. I want you to serve. So in everything that God gave us, Scott, he gave it to you for a meaning or for a purpose or for a function. Amen? So I, I love this. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, look at what he says. All of the, these are talking about the gifts. All these are the work of one, of one and the same spirit. So all of them from the same spirit. So every gift that we've been given has been orchestrated, given, and specialized by God that is given to you, Deb, that has been given to you for a purpose. And he says this, and he said, he distributes them, to each one, that's you. So Mindy, he said, your reason why you're good at what you do as an administrator in our church, and I love Mindy, she's absolutely 
killing it. I, my, not, my new word is killing it. She's killing it, man. And our secretary, man, she is, I, I just love her to pieces. But man, that gift that she has to administrate and to direct, and I mean, you can see it. It's, it's fun. But you can see her operating in her gift. But she says this, and he distributes them to each one. So why do you think Tamara is so good at, at, at being a children's pastor and doing what she does downstairs? As he determines. So look at this. So God has given you a gift as he determines. Not the way you think. Not what you want, but as God determines what is best for you. How many ever said this before? Mother knows best. Father knows best. Our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father, knows what's best for us. So he determines the gifts in which he gives you. And the reason why he determines them, because he sees your personality, he sees who you are, and he knows that if I give you this gift, you're going to use it. Amen? So look at this. When God gave you your gift, he took his time and made sure it was just what you needed. Just what you needed. Even though sometimes we don't like it. You see, there's the different kind of gifts. There's the service gifts, and then there's the power gifts. Everybody likes the power gifts. The power gifts are ones where you prophesy, when you lay hands on the sick and you see them recover, when you do those type of things, because they're more upfront stuff. They're, you know, leading worship. They're more upfront stuff that, man, that pray and they're anointed. But then there's the service gifts. The service gifts are the behind-the-scene gifts, the gifts that maybe some people don't see or recognize or maybe understand or maybe not out front a lot, leading the charge. But those are the service gifts gifts that God gives. How many of you know that you need the power gifts and the service gifts, but they both dovetail together to do the work for the glory of God? They don't fight against each other. They're not in contra, uh, contra, uh, contradictory in each other, but they blend together so that they can accomplish the glory of God or see the kingdom of God advance, right? So watch this. When God gave you the gift, he took his time and he needed it. The kingdom of God is built. I'll get this. The kingdom of God is built on the principles of of serving. How many of you know that's true? It's built on the principles of serving. Serving God, serving others, and serving yourselves. It's built on the principles of serving, that we serve God. God, I love you with all my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. But when you love someone, guess what you're going to want to do? You're going to want to make that person happy. So you're going to serve them. You're going to do whatever you can to make them happy. And that's part of the church, that, God, I love you. And because I love you, God, I want to serve you, and I want to do my part. And then in doing your part, that means serving others. That, God, you said, listen, love your neighbor as yourself. So, God, I'm going to love you, and I don't of my love, I'm going to serve you. And out of my love for you means also serving others because, God, you so love the world that you gave your only begotten son. So, God, I'm going to love you, and out of my love, then I'm going to serve others. Everyone notice what joy stands for? Jesus first, others second, yourself third. When you begin to operate in that, you have joy. That Jesus first, others second, yourself third. That I'm going to serve others. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be part of the team and do what God's called me to do. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus says these words. And here he is, the king. You would think that that man is Palm Sunday and he'd be waving palm leaves at him right now. and He'd be sitting on a beach, man, with an umbrella over him being fanned and people just feeding them grapes or whatever. But look at what Jesus says. 
<laughs> Look at what Jesus said. For even the Son of Man, even the Son of Man, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, the great I am, the all-sufficient God, he says, did not come to be served. Wow. You mean he didn't come to be served? No, but to serve. So that's flipped. In our eyes, man, you're all powerful. You're all sufficient, God, and you came to serve a wretch like me? Absolutely, because you know why? Jesus wanted to show us the example in which we should follow. He wanted us to show us the example in which we should go. That, hey, I can't expect you to do something if I will do it myself. So Jesus said, I'm going to show you first that you can follow my footsteps. That's why even Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 1, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. So he says, I'm going to follow Christ, and you follow me as I follow Christ in my serving, in my attitude, in my actions, in my words, in my deeds. Follow me as I follow Christ, 2 Corinthians 11 1. But then he goes on to say this. Go back to that. It says, and there's no problem. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So in other words, what he did, he came to serve and to give. Give his time, energy, and resources. Resources in the form of laying down his body for you. And so when you think about serving, look at what this means. To serve means this. You are willing to give your time, energy, and resources. How many of you know that that's what that means when you're serving? And because of what you do here at Adventure Church, how many of you know that, man, you've given your time, your energy, and your resources? And I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you guys do here at Adventure Church. Giving of your time, your energy, your resources, thank you. That's what serving's all about. It's having an unselfish attitude. It's not about me, but it's about him. It's not about me, but it's about them. And God, thank you for all what you guys do. So you see, that's what it's about. You're willing to give of your time. How many of you know that, man, when you lead somebody to the Lord, that that's the only the beginning? That sometimes it takes a lot of time after that. I always say this, I love catching the fish, but I hate cleaning them. Sometimes in cleaning a believer, man, they're going to go through ups and downs. takes a lot of time. Man, a lot of things that you go through, man, man, they have to go through, John, a lot of different steps and phases in their lives. And, man, maybe they got some habits or things that they're going through that you have to walk through that pain with them. And it takes time. And maybe they call you at 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever and wake you up from your sleep or whatever. But that's serving. And it takes your energy. Another one, to serve means you are giving up your will for the sake of others. Wow. What did Jesus say when he said to God, God, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. In other words, what he was saying, God, let me not go through this pain, this agony of this defeat, this sorrow, suffering, all that I'm going through. God, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But then he said, Lord, let it not be my will be done, but your will be done. So in other words, what Jesus was saying, Lord, I, I take up this suffering, pain, things that I'm going through in my life for the cause of others. And that's what serving is sometimes. It's giving up your will, giving up your time, sacrificing. Maybe when it's not easy to sacrifice. Maybe, man, giving up things when you don't want to give up things. 
You see, another one is this. To serve means you are looking out for others and the needs around you. That you're looking out for others. I always say to people that when I see people out in the community, I always look at them with 3D glasses. You say 3D glasses? Yeah, that every time I see them, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Lord, give them the double dose. That's what I always say. God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and give them the double dose. I'm going to give 3D glasses. If you don't know Jesus, give them the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost with a double dose. Amen? 31 flavors. I'm going to get two scoops. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Another one is this. To serve means you are doing something for others. Now, get this. Doing something for others without any expectation of payback. Ooh, what is the old cliche that we always say before we do something? What's in it for me? What am I going to get out of it? Sometimes in serving, you may not get anything out of it. But let me rephrase that. You may not get anything out of it while here on planet Earth. But in heaven, you're going to receive the crown of righteousness. And in that crown is going to be the rubies, the sapphires, the diamonds that God has placed in the crown. He's going to say, you see that, Jan? That right there is from serving and helping out young people in the youth group and ministering to young people like you used to and now get off and get back on your horse again. That's the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, by the way, man. Amen. <laughs> But look at this. Jesus showed us an example by serving, by laying down his, his life, his life for us. Serving is sacrificing, but is the most rewarding. How many know that's true? It's the most rewarding. I'm, I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like bringing a smile to someone. Man, nothing like changing situations around. Man, how did I get my four-wheeler done? Mark Anderson, I wore him out that he's not here at the first service. He'd probably come to the second service, I hope. Praise the Lord. But he wanted to quit after an hour. And I said, no, Mark, we're almost done. Seven hours later, we got it done. Amen. <laughs> but I finally got it done. <laughs> Man, I felt like a big cheerleader. Come on, Mark, we can do this. Come on. No, Mark, we can get some water. Come on, Mark, go to the bathroom. Come on, Mark, I'll get you something to eat. We finally got it done. That's why they're out there. But you know what? Man, Man, when he got that thing done, it started, and it ran. I'll tell you, I, I was so excited. I called my brother, called my son, who submerged it in the water, and that's why I had to get it fixed in the first place. <laughs> but I was so excited. But Mark brought a smile to my face, and he served. You see, serving, man, is a reward that, man, you see a smile on somebody's face. Man, you're making an impression or impact in someone's life. That's what it's all about. You see, listen, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, look at what he says. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Now, watch how he says this. When you begin to serve, you have to have a different mindset. When you're thinking about working under man and all these things you have to do, it's going to be drudgery. It's not going to be a good feeling. Maybe it's not going to be a, a good thing that's going on in your life. But when you realize who you're working for and who you're doing it for, it changes your attitude, your outlook, and even your countenance. He says, listen, it's working it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, that every time that you're serving, don't look at it that I'm working on the man. 
Man, I'm doing it for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm doing it for the one who sees everything that I'm doing, and he doesn't overlook what I do, and he rewards even what I do. I hear a lot of times from housewives, they always say this in counseling sessions, I hear this a lot, that nobody appreciates what I do. I'm up late at night, I wash the clothes, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm making meals, I'm packing lunches, blah, 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 and no one seems to really appreciate what I do. But you know what? Everything you do with God and for God, he not only sees you, but he's smiling and he's waiting to reward you. Isn't that exciting to know that he sees you and he's smiling and he's ready to reward you for all what you are doing for the kingdom of God? It's never overlooked. It's never unappreciated. And then he goes on to say, he says, working unto the Lord and not for human masters. Wow. I had to take this perspective even when I went to my job. Man, when I went to U.S. Bank and I'm sitting in this little cubicle and all I could see around me was four little walls, excuse me, three little walls, gray cubicle. And I'm telling you, I had to remind myself, I'm working to the Lord, working for the Lord, working for the Lord. I was going stir crazy. Man, every little thing I had on my little cubicle, I had it all memorized. I had to put some new stuff on it to get some more memorized, right? But I had to work to the Lord. I was working unto the Lord. When you go to your jobs, you're working unto the Lord, not for your boss who you may not like or unhappy with at this time. You're working for the Lord. Yes, keep my attitude in check. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, right? I'm working for the Lord. Then he goes on to say, since, go back to, since you know that you will receive, now watch this, you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Wow. You see what he says? Every time you serve, today we're showing our appreciation to you, myself, my wife, our staff, our board. We're showing an appreciation dinner to you today, and we're going to do this dinner for you today to show our appreciation or give you a part of an inheritance kind of thing, not in a way that God's going to do, but we're really going to give you a dinner or laying out a spread for you to say thank you for all what you're doing here at Adventure Church. That's what God's going to do for us when we get to heaven. Can you imagine? God is in the business, not of addition, Val. He's in the business of multiplication. We do here, man, one plus one is two. But God says, no, I'm going to up it, man. I'm upping the ante. I'm going to multiply it five, five times, ten times. Every time you do things, God is rewarding it. A bountiful, a hundred, sixty, thirty-four. God says, give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, and running over. That's what God says you'll do. And so I love that God says everything you do, don't even get, don't that get you excited that God, what you're doing in my life, you see. And I love this in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. It says this, serve wholeheartedly. Serve wholeheartedly. How many of you know that, man, if you got kids, I'll tell you, sometimes my, when my kids were growing up, and in my beginning stages, man, for moving, man, my kids were, they were turkey heads. Man, we, we'd have to move, and we had to load the U-Haul, and here I have two big boys, man, and uh, guess what? They'll be uh, messing around on their phones, or they'll be doing something else. I says, Rick, pick up that box and put it in the U-Haul. CJ! And I'm like, man, getting on them, and it was getting me frustrated because they were just kind of half-heartedly doing something. How many of you know that people know if you're all in? You know, it's like I said a few weeks ago when we won the tournament for softball. When Before that, we were the Bad News Bears. And then after that, we turned it around and we won the softball tournament. You know why? Because we were in it to win it. And when you're in serving, you got to be in it 
to win it, that I'm going to put my best foot forward. People know if you're half-heartedly doing things. I, I always say this. How do people know that you're different? They know, number one, if you're willing, if you're genuine, if you're genuine, are you willing to sacrifice? And are you willing to give of your time and your energy and resources? Are you genuine? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to give your time, energy, and resources? That's what people look for. And people think, I know if they're genuine. I know if they're in it to win it. And God says, serve wholeheartedly if you were serving the Lord, not people. That, God, I'm going to do my best. I was saying this in staff. I was doing a leadership thing in staff. We're talking about momentum. Do you know that 27%, I read this, and I thought this was amazing, 27% of our time that we are on the job sites, 27% of our time on job sites that we're not uh, being productive on our work sites, we're either on computers, we're either on our phone, we're either messing around, 27% of our day we're not working. We're clowning around. Can you imagine that? If we took 27% and bumped that up to maybe, maybe got it back up to uh, maybe 15 more percent, can you imagine what more, how much more productive we could be? But 27% of Americans are clowning around on the job and not putting their best foot forward. Wow. The productivity has gone down. And sometimes we do that with the Lord. Can you imagine if we all became a part of what God wanted to do? You see, listen to this. I love this. He said, verse 8, I'm sorry, my, because you know that the Lord will reward each one whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free, that God is a rewarder. And I don't know about you, but God doesn't want us to be lukewarm he wants us to be hot or cold in our relationship with him. And if our relationship with him is on fire, guess what we're going to do? We're going to jump in with both feet. We're going to get excited for what we're doing. I'm going to tell you, I can't wait for this, this, this coming Easter's or Resurrection Sunday or, or whatever, however, whatever kind of Sunday you want to call it. I just call it the New Living Hope Sunday, that, man, we have hope in our living Savior. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, I, I can't wait to see the smiles on those kids. I can't wait to see people come to accept Jesus on Sunday morning. I can't wait for all that. That excites me. And you know what? We're going to jump into that wholeheartedly. And I want to tell you, God looks for that. When you are serving, you are not just serving unto man, but serving unto God. Nothing with God goes unnoticed, including your serving and his rewarding. We don't serve just to get rewarded. We serve to please him. And then he rewards us. How many know that's true? I love this. In Matthew 24, this is a story that's leading up to Jesus' coming. And it's Jesus preparing. How many know that when you go on a trip, you got to pack your bags? Amen? You got to pack your bags, and you got to get ready. You got to get prepared. And you got to get all that right stuff. And, man, we, we, we flew out on, uh, on Spirit uh, and at a plane this last week when we went to the Grand Canyon. I'll tell you, we're used to having our luggage 50 pounds. No, not there. You got it 40 pounds. Good thing I brought my big duffel bag with all my books in it because I was stuffing everything in there, you know, and, man, having to make the weight limit on my briefcase. But we had to make sure you have the right clothes, the right shorts, the right coat, the right this, right? You have to be prepared. And leading up to Matthew 24, it's Jesus finding us being prepared. 
So I want to give you the backstory before I read these verses. It's Jesus finding us prepared, finding us ready. Are we busy doing the work of the Lord or are we busy bodies? There's a difference. We can be busy doing the work of the Lord or we can be busy bodies, talking, gossiping, doing other things other than what's really meaningful when Jesus comes. So here's what he says. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. Now, this is so cool. So he's talking about us. He's put us in this place. He's talking about each and every one. Who then, Tom? Then he goes on, watch this. This is so good. It will be good for the servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Wow, isn't that cool? That nailed him. His master is referring to us, that his master is Jesus, that he's referring that he finds us busy doing the work and serving others and doing the work of the Lord, that he finds us busy building the kingdom of God for his glory. Now watch this. He says, truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. So in other words, you see what happens? When you serve, serving brings promotion. Serving brings promotion. That God sees you and rewards you and then promotes you. All through my life, I'll tell you, I started out as a youth pastor, I was a children's pastor, and then I became a senior pastor and I've been at some great churches and so on and so forth. And all along it's been going up the ladder. And it all started with our heart of serving. You see, when I first got into ministry, I didn't jump right into ministry. I paved the way to become a youth pastor. I, man, started a, a nursing home ministry. You should have seen, Pam, the first time, man, I started a nursing home ministry. I went to one nursing home. Before you knew it, I had seven nursing homes that I would go out throughout the week. And the reason why I did it, to be honest with you, because they couldn't hear, and I didn't know how to preach and say, every once in a while, they would say amen, and I'd get excited. And because they'd say amen, I'd say that line over and over and over again. That must work. Amen. But I built a ministry. And you know what? Man, time I would, got to the, being a youth pastor, I was ready. I was prepared. It got me equipped to go to where I am today. But you have to start somewhere. You have to get your hands dirty. I love looking at a man's hands. Because if their, man, their hands are dirty, that means that man is working. Look at my hands. They're dirty today. That's grease from my four-wheel. Amen. Amen. But listen, he goes on to say, watch this. Nothing God knows goes on nervous. He said, in Matthew, four, go back to Lisa. He says this. It is good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will be put in charge of all his possessions. So in other words, Dale, God promotes, promotes. I close with this. I, you know me, I love talking about sports. I hate sitting on the bench. How many can relate to what I'm talking about? I hate it sitting on the bench. I absolutely hated it. Becky, I, I despise sitting on the bench. Man, I, I wanted to be a part of the game. So when the coach would take me out, I know you're supposed to walk off and you're supposed to have a good sportsman-like attitude. But there were those times like, go! And one time, and I'm just being transparent as I close, okay? Uh, one time, this is at North, North Central Bible College, my freshman year. I told you I've led the team in technicals. But one time, my mom 
my mom came and seen a tournament and we're at Pillsbury down in Oatana, Minnesota and we're playing there and I used to be a starter my sophomore year my, excuse me, my freshman year I was a starter and now we're into the new season my sophomore year and I'm starting and I'm sitting on the bench and here man I had all these accolades my freshman year we had a new coach change blah blah blah, blah all this stuff and so finally the coach puts me in the game and I have to be honest Come on, Dan. I got to confess your sins. He's faithful and just. A purified from all unrighteous. Thank you, Jesus. Right? So you know what happened, Becky? I'll tell you. Coach put me in the game. I came down, and I'm a shooter, and I was open. Boom. There it is. Well, according to the coach, I must not have been in the game or in the play that I took the shot that he was already preparing to put a new guy in for me. And I saw that. I thought, what the scoop is that? So I got the ball. Aaron, I promise. I got the ball, and I deliberately, I deliberately, man, took the ball and went one-on-one. To the hoop, made a lap, and now the coach is at half court. He's standing at half court. I kid you not. You got to see this, right? He's standing at half court, and I run by him, Steve. I was upset because I knew he was putting Steve Bogart in for me. And I went by him, and I put my hand in his face, and I went, face. That's a no-no. Even at a Bible school, that's a no-no. And you know what? The next dead ball, my coach, Doug Lornberg, met me at half court, grabbed me by my jersey in front of God and everyone, pulled me off the on the bench in front of my mom in front of my brother in front of my sister I'm as red as a beet right he said don't you ever do that again I'm sorry right so at halftime guess who got the tongue lashing for the whole halftime the assistant coach Dennis Myers came out to me and said CJ you need to apologize man that was wrong I said well coach I don't you know he was the assistant coach was the head coach the year before I said Dennis I, I don't understand this I'm trying to figure out my role I don't understand he said just go apologize he said why'd you do it I said Dennis I hate sitting on the bench I hate sitting on the bench so at halftime when we all went back out and doing our laps I went up to coach Lomberg I said Doug I want to apologize blah 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 he said CJ why'd you do it I said Doug because I don't understand my role and I said, number two is that I hate sitting on the bench. I don't like sitting on the bench. I want to be a part of the game. It's okay. The second half started. A minute and some into the second half. CJ! Thank you, Jesus. I'm back in the game. I played the whole entire second half. From that point on, I started again. My point is, I hate sitting on the bench. You know why? Because I never have a part of the outcome of the game. If I'm always sitting on the bench, sitting on my blessed assurance, Jesus is all mine, guess what? I'm never going to have a part of the outcome of leading someone to Jesus, serving someone and making them smile. Man, doing a part that, man, is functioning and using my gift, and I'm going to lose it because I'm not using it. 
And so what God has called this church to do, many hands make light work. Now back to the warriors. Why do I like the Golden State Warriors? Because there's strength in numbers and there's strength here. Can you imagine what we can do for these communities? Can you imagine when you see that building right back there? I can see it already. Do you know that we had an offer to buy that property right here to my right? You should see what God's doing. It's amazing. Guys, it's all because of you. Jan, it's all because of you. And I say publicly, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart for all what you do. Because it's because of you. Adventure Church is advancing the kingdom of God. Thank you, Chris and Lisa, for Lisa staying with me with the slides and Chris making this music sound good and Tori for putting you on live stream. You should see our live stream is getting ready to come out and Sue got to preview it. She got to see it. How did it look, Sue? Pretty good. Wait till you see, guys. It's all because of you. So I close by saying, Serving is not about you. It's all about the ones you can make an impact in your lives while serving. So I want to say thank you. God bless you. And I pray that Cheryl and I, and I mean this, and our staff and our board can serve you as well as you serve us. Thank you. Thank you. I'm ready to lose it again. And before I lose it, will you stand? Because I don't want to lose it. Thank you so much. Come here. This is my buddy. I love this kid. You know that? This, I love this kid. I tell you, this is my buddy. This is my buddy. I love him. Amen? You're my buddy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Say yeah. 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 I pray over you today and I want to pray that God will bless you you have been a blessing to us and thank you I mean it from the bottom of my heart I mean it Father I thank you for this wonderful wonderful congregation many hands make light work and because of this great congregation Lord we're advancing the kingdom Lord, we're seeing hearts and lives being changed, set free and rearranged by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, an increase over every household here today. I speak blessings into their household, blessings in their going in and in their going out. I thank you, Father, for all the work and all the willingness and the heart that they have to serve, to participate, to become a part of the outcome of the game of seeing people changed. I thank you that they are a blessing, Lord, not only to you, but to the, me and Cheryl and to the staff and to the board and to these communities. I pray that today as we go into this luncheon today, that God, that they will feel appreciated and know that they are loved and that we thank you for all what they do. Go with us now, I pray, God, and may your hand be upon this time and bless the food now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If you want to keep up with all that is going on here at Adventure Church, please download our app by texting AC Siren app, all one word, to 77977 for a direct link. 
or visit our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com.